Hello and welcome to Grace Life Rondebosch, a church situated in Cape Town, South Africa. We pray that this teaching will awaken your heart to the reality of Christianity, which is Christ in you, and that this will result in increased fruitfulness in your life. John chapter 8 verse 32 says, And you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. So we're in a series called The Truth About You, and um, so far we've looked at many different things. Tonight we want to look at our identity as children of God. Okay, the Bible shows us in many different places that we're children of God, and we're going to be looking at it in terms of what does that mean. Because a lot of people will approach the truth about I'm a child of God in a self-centered way, or in a way which is going to be just like I can go to the fridge and take what I want. Amen. But there's more than that. Okay, it's not just about what you can get out of the fridge. Uh, uh, God wants more for you, not just from you, but for you. Okay, so we'll be digging into, into a couple of things concerning this tonight. And I want to start off with 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 from the Amplified Classic Version. Because let me just uh, look here quickly before we get there. Sorry. So John chapter 1. Identity. So let's look at identity for a moment. Firstly, uh, John chapter 1 verse 12 to 13 from the New Living says, But to all who believed Him and accepted Him, He gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So we are children of God if we believe. We've been reborn and now we are born again children of God, sons and daughters of God. That's an amazing thought, that we're children of God. Now, the closer we get to our Father, the closer in, in, in intimacy and in relationship, the more we're going to experience uh, uh, His heart, the more it's going to transform us, and the more people will look at us and go, hey, you know, who's your father? Who's <laughs> your daddy? You know, they're going to look at you and they're going to be like, you know, you're just uh, an image of your father. It's obviously uh, uh, it went over well, right? So they're going to look at you and they're going to be like, wow, you're just like Jesus. <laughs> Maybe the wrong thing to say, but anyhow. <laughs> so they became the right, we became children of God through that. And like, then imagine if you acted like that. Imagine if you acted like children of God. Like a child of God, then, then how, how that would impact uh, uh, the people around you. So, what, the first identity thing I want to focus on tonight is that you are His child. You are His child. Okay, now we all come from different backgrounds, we all come from different places, where uh, family wise, where you may not have had a father, you may not have had a mother, you may not have, there may have been different things in your upbringing. You may not have had a nice father or mother. You may, not, you may have had the best father and mother. Um, whatever that is, it doesn't matter because now you've got the perfect father. Okay? And uh, it doesn't matter how good your father was on this earth. God is better. And He wants to father you. Not just so that you can work for Him, but so that you can uh, be transformed into His image and experience a satisfying life and experience more than what you're experiencing now. And as you experience that, you're going to start to overflow and, experience, and people are going to experience something because of what you're experiencing. So you are His child. Then, Colossians chapter 2, verse 9 to 10 from the Passion, <coughs> says, For He is the complete fullness of deity living in human form. And our own completeness is now found in Him. So, if you're in Him, it means you're a Christian, right? Yes. It does. That's right. And because you're a Christian, you're now complete. Okay? God doesn't need to complete you. So, the point here is that you might feel incomplete. And there might be some incompletion in your life, in the sense of, you know, you, 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 you need to finish school, you need to... I don't know. There's things that, that are incomplete. Like if you're wearing one shoe, you're incomplete because you should be wearing two. And that's a simple example. But there's certain things in our lives where there's incompleteness, right? 
But when it comes to our relationship with God, you're complete. When it comes to you spiritually, you're complete. You don't need to try and become more complete because you are complete. Now, I like this next part. It says, and our own completeness is now found in Him. We are completely filled with God. Completely filled with God. I'm sure we don't always feel like that, right? We're completely filled with God. Completely filled with God. If we believe that, imagine how it would change the way that we face the challenges that we have in life. Or the loneliness that we face sometimes. The, 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 the temptations that we face. If we really believe I'm completely filled with God, it would transform everything. Okay? As Christ's fullness overflows within us. So this is God's desire for us, is that the fullness that we have inside of us, God would overflow. If I'm overflowing, okay, this is maybe not the best picture, but if you put a hose pipe in my mouth and turned it on, let's pretend that it would fill me up and it would start coming out all the ears, the nose and all of that, okay? You would start to get wet if you were standing around me. Okay? It's not the best example, I know. But you would get wet. You would experience an overflow because of the inflow that I'm experiencing. Now picture that with regards to salvation. It's like there's a permanent hose pipe in you now. And it's constantly flowing. But a lot of us don't come into contact with that or realize that because we don't know something about it. We don't know that we've got that. And so the people around us don't experience Christ in us. How many of you know a Christian that, that doesn't seem like a Christian? <laughs> Nobody, a present company excluded. But we all know those people who didn't come tonight. They, they, like, they, they, they say they're a Christian, but they never live like it. Why? Because they, they haven't like allowed that spiritual host pipe just to, to overflow. Okay? We've got some great images <laughs> tonight. So, you are His child. You are <laughs> filled with the fullness of God. And then John 14, verse 12. I tell you this timeless truth. The person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same mighty miracles that I do. Even greater miracles than these, because I go to be with my Father. So, Jesus is saying, the same works that I do, you can do if you believe. Not if you fast, if you believe. Not if you finish Bible school or seminary, if you believe. Not if you're specially anointed by someone or had your hands laid on by someone, if you believe. Believers will lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Jesus said, this is showing you can do the same works as Jesus and greater works. Why? Because you were, what, did it, what, did it, what did believing do for you? It made you a child of God. And now because you're a child of God, you can act like it. Because you're a child of God, you can live like it. This is the point that I, I, I'm wanting us to see tonight. That because we've got Jesus living in us, because we're one with Him, because we're filled with His Spirit, we can now live like Jesus lived. We can do the same things He did and greater works. Now, for the past couple of, of months, whenever I've spoken about this, I've spoken about how we automatically think about heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. We think about the supernatural. But we exclude love. Because we think that the Muslims love, the, 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 these people love, everybody loves. Like everyone, you know. But, but it's not the same kind of love. So there is a supernatural love that we should love with. Okay, there's a supernatural love that should mark us to such a degree that people go, that kind of love's not normal, it's self-sacrificial. Most people love what they can afford. They love to the degree that they can afford it. But loving self-sacrificially, God's kind of love is beyond what you can afford. Okay, so yes, we believe that love, but it's also now the supernatural. And what I'm wanting to touch on tonight is saying that, yes, we should be marked by the supernatural. We should all be living supernatural lives because of who lives inside of us. Amen? Amen. So now we can go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 from the Amplified. Now, about the spiritual gifts. So now we're talking about spiritual gifts. The special endowments of supernatural energy. Brethren, I do not want you to be misinformed. 
The passion says, my fellow believers, I don't want you to be confused about spiritual realities. So Paul's writing because he wants us to understand the realities that we have. The reality is kind of like the, the, the what is. Now, let me pause there. And I don't know, and say this, I don't know what your understanding is and what your background is with regards to spiritual gifts. If I was sitting where you're sitting, and I was thinking about my upbringing and where I've come from, my idea of spiritual gifts is I'm sitting there and I'm watching the spiritual gifts in operation and I'm receiving from them and I'm enjoying them and maybe I'll get to experience it a bit or operate in it a bit, but it's usually for the people up front. Okay? Now let me say this from the beginning. We want spiritual gifts in operation in the service, but... What I desire more than that is that we would have spiritual gifts in operation in your life at work and in your family. And what does that mean? It's not weird. Because <laughs> I know I was in services where spiritual gifts were in operation and it was just plain weird. And so now when I say that, I think to myself, it's going to be Sunday lunch, the family and everybody's there, and now I have to get weird. You know, thus saith the Lord. We're not talking about weird. Spiritual gifts could save your life. Could save someone else's life. You know, there's a, a spiritual gift, which is a supernatural ability of wisdom. Wisdom isn't for present. Wisdom is for future. Meaning, it's something that you receive from the Spirit to be able to apply, to be able to see a supernatural change. How many of you could use that? Okay, so I'm speaking to the right crowd. <laughs> we can all use supernatural wisdom. I mean, it's fine if you go and ask uh, Etienne, hey, what do you think about this? And I get some wisdom. And then yeah, I've got a situation and I go to somebody who's been there, done that, got 10 awards for it. Hey, what do you think about this? And then they give me their wisdom. That's great. But what is even better is if I get God's perspective. And if I get God's direction for something. Spiritual gifts can really change a lot. Spiritual gifts is not for the service only. We want them to happen here. But what I desire more than that is that your life is just overflowing with spiritual gifts so that people out there go, who are you? Like, how is the, like this, you're weird. <laughs> I want them to say that about you. And then for them to go, but, but I really, you're weird, but I want to be like you. I want what you've got. What is it? And you can go, it's Jehovah Wana. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. You know, because there's no high like the most high. <laughs> they go, what are you on? And you're like, Jesus, you know. Anyway, it reminds me, you know, like a, a, I'm mixing up two different teachings in my head now because... For, for the, I, I, I teach on TV in Kenya, and I'm busy doing a series on uh, joy and how Jesus was the happiest person on earth, and we should be happy because of it. And so, you know, people should look at us and say, You're so happy, like, what are you smoking? And you can go, Jehovah Wana. <laughs> I would love to be a fly on the wall in the homes in, in Kenya and see what, how they respond to that. Anyway, so. The Greek word for, for spiritual things here, from now about spiritual gifts, I don't want you to be misinformed. The Greek word for that by implication is spiritual realities or spiritual gifts, okay, or spiritual persons. It's not, it's, what I'm trying to show you is that this is giving us the idea that this is spirituality, not a spiritual gift, something that's separate from you. So don't see spiritual gifts as something separate from you. See them as something that's part of you. Because you're spiritual. You've got the Holy Spirit living in you. Here's a thought, watch. You can do what the Holy Spirit can do. That, that's what I'm trying to show you. It's not something that you're waiting for to come upon you and then bam. It's something that you can do because of who's taken up residence in you. Okay, so look at, um, well, let me just read that again in the Passion. It says, I don't want you to be confused about spiritual realities. Okay, so this is the reality of your spiritual condition, what he's about to talk about. 
Okay? And Paul wants us to understand what we have in Christ. So this, what we're going to be talking about is trying to help us all understand what we have in Christ. Okay, that, that uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 1 from the, the message says, What I want to talk about now is the various ways God's Spirit gets worked into our lives. This is complex and often misunderstood. Amen? <laughs> but I want you to be informed and knowledgeable. So, so often, the gifts of the Spirit can be complicated and, and confusing and whatever. And so that's why you'd rather ask the pastor or the, the prophet or the whoever to give you a word or to give you, to pray for you or something when you're in a crisis because it's so confusing you don't think you can do it. But you can. Okay, so we're wanting to simplify it uh, through this, this, uh, uh, this, um, this teaching. And Paul's wanting us to understand the things of the Spirit. Why? Because understanding brings fruitfulness. Okay? Now, if these are abilities of the Spirit, once again, and you've got the Spirit, then what have you got? The abilities. If you've got the Spirit, then you've got the Spirit's abilities. Okay? These abilities are for all of us to flow in. It's not just for myself and Etienne. <laughs> Even though we're awesome. It's, it's, it's for all of us. Okay? This is for all of us. So let's uh, look at uh, 1 Corinthians 12 from verse 4 to 10. In the King James Version it says, Now there are diversities of gifts. Now we're looking at how there's many different gifts in the Spirit. Okay? And there are different differences of administrations, but the same Lord. Different ways of um, uh, operating in these gifts, applying these gifts. And we're going to be looking at that over the next uh, while. And then it says, And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. Say all in all. all, in all. That's a challenging three words for a lot of people. <laughs> Why? Because we limit, we, we tend to limit it and go, I don't have the gift of healing. So Lucas comes and he's, he's sick, he's dying. He comes to me and I'm his pastor and he's like, well, I mean, just his friend. And he's like, Shane, would you pray for me? I'm sick. And I go, I can't, I don't have the gift of healing. But I know somebody who has got the gift of healing. Let me take you to him. Oh, he's not available. I'm so sorry. But at least you're going to be with Jesus. <laughs> or we're in a situation, a crisis, and we need a miracle. And, oh, I'm not, you didn't give me that gift. <laughs> so unfortunately, I can't help you today. Or whatever it is, um, a, a word of, 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 of wisdom. And you're like, I wish I had some wisdom for the situation. Who can I phone up and get a word of wisdom? Or... A word of, of knowledge, knowing something supernatural about a situation that you didn't know previously. It's like you're discerning our spirits. Where, where you just know the, the spirit in operation. Like someone is like, a, 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 like the enemy is trying to get at you through someone and you don't, you don't realize it unless supernaturally you can discern that. It's like, I wish I, I don't know. Something's off here. I wish I, I knew someone who had this gift to be able to help me. Like, I mean, that's ridiculous. But you look at this. Now, I grew up with the mindset of I've got certain gifts, you've got certain gifts, and we complement one another. But this verse challenges that when it says, The same God which worketh all in all. So, what I want to challenge you with what we're going to be talking about is take the lid off. Even if you disagree with that statement, just put it on the side for now, because that's not the major point of the message. Just put it on the side and go, I want to exceed my ability right now. I want to go beyond what I've gone up until this point. I want to experience more. Okay, and if you're wanting to experience more, then just put that limiting thought aside and go, I've got the Holy Spirit. I've got Jesus living in me. Therefore, I've got the Spirit's ability. I didn't get a piece of that, the, the left piece of Jesus, and you got the right piece of Jesus. Well, you know, left and right side. You know, I, I didn't get a little bit of Jesus. The scripture that we looked at previously says we've got the fullness. The fullness of God dwelling in you. This is why the church is in such a mess that it's in. Because we don't believe we've got the fullness of God living in us. 
But you've got the fullness of God in you. Okay? I mean, if there's nine gifts, if there's nine gifts of the Spirit, and we, uh, uh, and there's a few extras, but let's say they're, they're, they're just limited to the, the, this, this passage of Scripture and say nine. If there's nine gifts, then in order to have a healthy church, we at least need nine people to, to have those gifts and, and, and be flowing in those gifts. But sometimes you'll go to a place where you're the only Christian. And if you're planting a church and starting something, how on earth are you going to do it successfully if you're limited to only the gift of faith? Only the gift of, of miracles, but sorry, you know, I'm no good with prophecy. Now, you would obviously be stronger in some than you are in others, but that's not the point. Work all in all. Take the lid off and let's, uh, let, let's, let's see how far we can go. Verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal, for to one, and this is gonna, we're going to explain this and get into this in more detail, but for to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, another a word of knowledge by the same Spirit, another a faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, and to another interpretation of tongues. Now, what I want to do with this verse is we're going to break it down into the different gifts. But I'll just say, we're going to get into more, de de in, more in-depth when it says to another. Because it's not saying that it's now breaking up to give each different gift. It's, it's not talking about the body of Christ. It's talking about the body of the Spirit in operation through us. Okay? And it's talking about how at the same time we can't all operate in all the gifts at the same time. It's as the occasion demands. Okay? So you can't power a house, operate in everything all at once. Jesus didn't even operate in everything at the same time. When healing was needed, what did he do? He healed. So, and, and when, when, you know, different situations, he operated in different things. That's the point that we're trying to make, is that you can be like Jesus in different situations. Okay? So in the Old Testament... We see a, 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 a three distinct kinds of people in, in, in uh, ordained offices, if you want to call it that. We see a prophet, a priest, and a king. Prophet, priest, and king. And that was foreshadowing Jesus coming to show that he's a prophet, a priest, and a king. Okay? And so now we can kind of see how uh, uh, the, the spiritual gifts actually reflect this. Prophet, priest, king. So with priest... This is the, the, um, uh, uh, the gifts. If we take up the, 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 the first three gifts, these are the say gifts, the speaking gifts. These are the gifts that the priest would operate in. And the priest it would be the gift of tongues, the gift of interpretation, and the gift of prophecy. Okay, and I'm not going to explain all the gifts right now. I just want you to see an overview for now. So the, it would be tongues, interpretation, and prophecy. The say gifts, what we speak. Okay, then it would be the no gifts. Then it would be the no gifts, which is the prophet. Word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and discerning of spirits. Okay, word of knowledge. I know something about a situation that I shouldn't know. It's something supernatural. Then it's uh, words of wisdom. I, I know I've got insight for a situation that will help change it. Or uh, a discerning of spirit, like I explained earlier. Then you've got the do gifts, the, the kingly gifts, the power gifts, which is faith, healings, and miracles. Now what I want us to see from all of these gifts, to start off with, right in the beginning of this, is that identity brings action. Identity determines your ability. That's what I'm trying to show you. Who you are determines what you can do. If you're a dog, you can bark successfully. <laughs> yeah, you can try and bark now, but you know it's gonna you can make your horse. It's gonna you're gonna struggle with your with your vo your voice for a while or whatever. You know, you, 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 a fish can swim in the in the sea and live in the sea, but you try and live in the sea. You're not gonna be successful. Okay. So I'm trying to show you that identity determines ability. So now, if you're full of God. Start to think about what you can do with that. For good, obviously. <laughs> okay? Heaven is rich. Amen? 
We're not talking about money. But heaven is rich. And now the riches of heaven, the Holy Spirit is now dwelling in you. And yet we're a lot of the time living like beggars. So what I'm trying to see is, uh, help us all see is, take the lid off, take the limits off, and let's go further. Let's go further so that we're not just another religion which talks. But we're, we're a faith, a, a life where there's, there's real help in real times of need, and we can see results, we can see healing, we can see encouragement supernaturally. Amen? Because God is real. And He lives in us, and if we believe that, something should happen. Okay? So, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14. <coughs> now, we, we, we're going to look up and break up the different gifts, and we're going to look at all these things. And, we, 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 you know, you might have questions, and you might come up afterwards with some questions, which I'm not going to answer tonight. <laughs> Why? Because we're still getting into more. And so, just be patient, and we'll get there. Okay, um, it would be unfair for everyone else if I answer the question that they're thinking about and waiting, but you come up and you get it, and, and, and I'm answering you, and I'm giving you a mini sermon uh, uh, that I'm trying to keep for next week. Okay, we're going to pace ourselves through this. So, uh, 1 Timothy 4 verse 14, neglect not the gift that is in thee. Neglect not the gift that is in thee. The gift is referring to the Holy Spirit or the ability of the Spirit within you. Okay, it's not just talking about the, the, the gift of um, prophecy or the gift of whatever. It's talking about the Holy Spirit. Whenever the, 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 the Bible is talking about the gift or the promise, it's talking about Holy Spirit. That's what salvation is. Now you've received the Spirit. You're full of the Spirit. Now you can live from that new reality. The believer's failure to walk in the Spirit, to flow in the ability of the Spirit, to live a spiritual life is not the Spirit's fault. It's not the Spirit's fault. Because now God's given everything. He's put the fullness of Himself in us. And I know I've failed often where I just haven't flowed in that enough to be able to see what needs to happen, happen. Or I haven't operated in that supernatural wisdom that I should. I've operated in a natural wisdom for whatever reason. And then it ends up costing you. Or whatever the case is. So, I'm not saying I'm perfect by saying this, but what I'm saying is, I'm expecting, I'm raising the bar in my life, and I'm saying I'm expecting more now. I don't want to, 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 to kind of live like everybody else in the world. I want you to live a supernatural life, more and more, where it'll bring more glory to God, and it'll be, the results will be much better. Okay? We can be full of the Spirit and never function in the ability of the Holy Spirit because we neglect the gifts. If you neglect something, it diminishes in your life. If you give it focus, it amplifies it in your life. So the abilities of the Spirit don't just fall upon you. They don't just happen. You've got them, now you need to express it. You need to step into it. Okay, it's like love. You've got love as a fruit of the Spirit. You've got joy, you've got peace. But sometimes we don't feel very loving. Sometimes we don't feel very joyful. Why? Because our focus is somewhere else. If you're focused in on the Spirit of God in you and how you're one with Him, you can't be depressed. You can't be upset. You can't not feel love when you think about how much God loves you. you, can't flow, you, you, you you're going to flow in love when you know how much you love. So what I'm trying to say is that this is going to take some focus, not neglect. Focusing on the fact of I'm full of God. This is my identity now. I'm full of God and God wants me to overflow with Him. The overflowing looks like ability. So I haven't got a spiritual disability. I've got a... The only disability I would have is in my, my knowledge, my thinking. Which takes me off of focusing on the right thing. Okay? So we mustn't neglect, we need to give attention to. That would be the, the solution there. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 6 from the Passion says, I'm writing to encourage you to fan into flame and rekindle the fire of the spirit, spiritual gift God imparted to you when I laid my hands upon you. Fan into flame, rekindle. This is... If we don't give attention to what we've got, it dies down. 
And then that's why we look like everyone else, we act like everyone else, and it's just like, it's just, we don't, we can tell people we've got God living inside of us, and they go, really? <laughs> you know, like you should be able to say, yes, I've got God living in me. And if, you know, they should be able to say, well, I can see that things happen in your life that are inexplainable. Like they can see maybe even just that when you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, you're not falling apart. Because you know that God's with you. And you're drawing strength from Him. So I'm not just talking about wham, bam, heal. I'm, I'm talking about uh, 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 being able to be encouraged and encouraging even if you're going through a challenging time. Because that's victory. Victory isn't just healed. We all want that. That's awesome. But victory is also, I'm full of joy while I'm still trusting for my healing. Amen. I'm still, yeah, I've got challenging circumstances, challenging things in my life, but I'm still going forward with God and I'm not falling apart. Okay? Uh, 2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7 from the New Living says, This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Of power, love, and self-discipline. So if we're in fear or we're timid as believers, it's a, the result of us not fanning into flames what we've got inside of us. All of us have seen a fire, I hope. Where, you, you know, you're busy trying to make a fire and you've got the um, paper plate. And you're like, trying to fan it into flame and get it to keep going. I gave up on that. I used turps. <laughs> it works. <laughs> you know, I don't fan into flame, I just go, you know, the boys love it. The point is, is that you've all seen that little plate and you're going like this, fanning into flame. Does it take a bit of effort? Yes. We mustn't be scared of effort in the Christian life. We're not putting effort into fanning the flames because we think God will reward us for something. He's already given us everything He can already give us. What we're doing now is we're fanning into flame for our benefit. To take hold of what He's given us and to operate in what He's given us. Okay? God can't force you to step out and share your faith with someone. God can't force you to step out and pray for someone. God can't force you to, to, if you're sitting in a situation and you need wisdom, He can't force you to sit down and pray in the Spirit and, and get wisdom for your situation. He can't force you. You have to put the effort into sitting, becoming quiet, focusing on Him, and receiving from Him. Okay? So there is a bit of effort involved. We need to stir up. How do we stir up? We stir up by digging in and getting more knowledge, okay, about who we are in Christ, who Christ is in us. We stir up by knowing what we can do because of that and then pursuing it. Okay, if you've ever pursued something or someone, then you know what pursuing is. It's putting a lot of effort to grab hold of something. Okay, you're, you're putting effort to move forward towards something or someone so that you can have it. It's the same thing with spiritual gifts. You've got the spirit ability, now you've got to push forward if you're wanting to see them in operation in your life. Okay? So the question, a good question to ask ourselves is, what are you pursuing or focusing on? 1 Corinthians 14 verse 12 from the Amplified says, So it is... Let me just pause there. This is probably a good explanation or, or, or a good um, example. As I was about to read that, I had something just drop into my heart and I was like, felt like God said, this is a word of knowledge. A word of knowledge is something that you only knew supernaturally. It's not something that you know naturally. Okay. So what I feel in my heart right now is that someone uh, 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 online or someone here is, is uh, listening to this and going, wow, that would be awesome to be able to give a word of knowledge, to be able to prophesy or work a miracle or whatever. And I, I, I kind of feel very strongly about that, excluding themselves 
because I've got to sort my life out first. There's things in my life that I'm needing to deal with. And uh, 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 when I'm, I'm good again, when I'm, I'm in the right space, then I'll go for it. This is your purpose we're talking about. Part of your purpose as a Christian is to overflow in gifts. You get to or you, you get to not. You can choose. And if you choose not to overflow, then it's your choice. But here's the thing. The best way to get over whatever you're facing right now is to step into purpose. The best thing to get over is to step into purpose and flow in your purpose. You might not know your purpose as a, uh, uh, in, the, in the workplace and in the marketplace, and you might still be figuring that out. Your purpose as a child of God is to demonstrate His love to the world. So what it takes is then a bit of selflessness. I've got problems. As much as other people have problems, your problems might be worse than mine, vice versa. But what I choose to do is not focus on my problems, but focus on Jesus and then focus on the person in front of me and overlook myself and go, I'm not going to seek the benefit of myself. Let's see, Father, how can I bless this person? How can I encourage this person? How can I minister to them? See, so, so just because you're going through a difficult time doesn't mean you can't minister to someone. Just because you're going through a difficult patch doesn't mean you could be going through the valley of the shadow of death and having a great time. And then still ministering to many people and encouraging them and, 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 and being a blessing. So don't exclude yourself just because uh, you're going through a difficult time. So it is with yourselves. Since you are so eager and ambitious to possess spiritual endowments and manifestations of the Holy Spirit, concentrate on striving to excel and to abound in them in ways that will build up the church. It's a good, good passage. So the question is, is, are you eager and ambitious to possess spiritual endowments and manifestations of the Holy Spirit? Are you eager and ambitious? Why, you know, like I said, we want them to happen out there and we want them to happen in here. This is, a, this is the equipping place. This is the equipping place for us to be able to, to step out and practice things like this and, 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 and stir ourselves up and encourage one another so that we can go out and play the game. This is the training center, okay? And so, uh, 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 why are you coming even to church? If it's for encouragement, awesome. Let the rest of us encourage you. <laughs> let the Holy Spirit minister to you. If it's, whatever your reason is, is that's fine. But let's move it to a different level now. And be like, I want to be equipped. I want to stir up myself. I want to be eager and ambitious to possess these, these manifestations and these spiritual abilities. I want to flow in them. And so then we come. Uh, we might not be talking about it in the, in the message. But in the worship, you could be going... God, please give me a word for someone. God, please give me a scripture for someone. And then you're not thinking, God, give me a word of wisdom. Give me a word of knowledge. You're just like, God, speak to me for someone. And then he's like, hey, he highlights someone to you. And he's like, oh, go to, to, to that lady there. And I just want you to give her this verse and encourage her with it and offer to pray for it. It might be the right word at the right time. That's a word of knowledge. That's a word of wisdom. That's a prophecy. Something which encourages and edifies. If it's something like a, you're in danger and you need to stop it or whatever, please don't do it. Okay? Amen? Look, why? It says here, striving to excel and abound in them in ways which will build up the church. Now, you might argue that it could build up the church by you warning people, but let's grow in the encouraging department first. Okay? If you're feeling something like, and you're unsure about it, come and ask me or ask one of the leaders and we will help coach you through that. So don't just say the first thing that comes to your mind, but stir it up and step out in it. Be eager and ambitious. We need passion and desire and zeal. Amen? But we also need knowledge. Okay? We also need knowledge. The right knowledge. If you have passion and zeal, you can end up causing a lot of damage if you have the wrong knowledge. One of my, 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 my sons, bless his heart, very eager to, to, to help and be a blessing and play and whatever and, and have fun. And he thought it was cool to put the, the hose pipe in the petrol tank and turn it on. 
doesn't work unless you smith wigglesworth or you're believing for that okay and here's the thing it's like uh, he has he's very clever to have figured out how to open that and i've never shown him so he knows where, where the, the lever is and he knows how to he figured out how to answer that's clever right for, for a, a, a seven-year-old that's very clever and he opens it up he puts it in he turns on the, the hose and, and then he turns it off and you know whatever and then the car doesn't work anymore he's got the he's got a zeal but the, he just needs the right knowledge you know then we because that car wasn't working and it was being fixed we needed to use the other car which was waiting to be fixed <laughs> okay and just some CV joints replaced. So before we, we just left it to wait. Uh, 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 and so now that battery is dead. So we need to charge that battery. And he wants to know, like, can I pop the hood? Can I put this on? And he's, inter he's interested in all of those things. He wants to know. But if I just say, okay, you, can, you need to attach things and charge the battery. Go for it. He could have killed himself. It's like even today. Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. I held the, 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 the metal part of a, what they call a suicide cable <laughs> that was attached to a generator while it was running. <laughs> and I was like, wow, I shouldn't do that. Why? Because I could feel the hair on the back of my head standing up. And I was like, that's quite interesting that it didn't, wasn't as bad as it could have been. Praise God. Wrong knowledge will lead to the wrong experience. So we need to have a passion and a desire for spiritual gifts. And we can seek them, but we need to have the right knowledge in order to operate in them. Amen? <laughs> so teaching is vital. Understanding brings fruitfulness. Here's the thing. I love that last part. It says we need to excel and, 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 and to abound in ways that will build up the church. What builds up the church? Operation of spiritual gifts. So we want to build up each other. We are all the church. So we want to build up each other by operating in spiritual gifts. Here's a cool thought. Fasting doesn't build up the church. There's lots of things that the church focuses on that don't build up the church. What does build up the church? Operating in the gifts. Okay. So we need to understand and we need to have a zeal and step out. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31, the Passion says, But you should, I like this, you should all constantly boil over with passion and seeking the higher gifts. Boil over. It should be something uh, 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 boiling over within us because we're passionate. We want to experience more of what God's got for us. The King James put this by saying, um, Covet earnestly the best gifts. Covet earnestly. It's talking about like a red hot passion. Now you might be sitting there and you're thinking, I've never thought about these things before. Now this is me fanning your flame, and you need to go and get the, the, the spiritual paper plate, and you need to you need to fan it to flame and be like, you know what, I want to be, I'm eager to learn and I want to grow in this. Okay? And it's saying seek the best gifts. That doesn't mean that one gift is better than the other. The best gift is the gift needed in the situation. It's useless if you need a, a, a word of encouragement, a prophecy, and I come with a, um, a word of wisdom. It might be encouraging, but you need something else. It might be great if I, if I come with a prophecy, but you need a miracle. You get what I mean? The best gift is the gift needed for the situation. Through all of these passages, Paul's emphasizing the importance of Christianity lived from the Spirit. You go to most churches and we don't see Christianity lived from the Spirit. We see Christianity lived from the flesh. What do I mean? Well, well done for you guys. Coming to a place where we don't have the best abandoned town. Smoke machines, a glitter ball, and a backdrop. Those things aren't important for you. They're not important for me. It might help us bring in some more people. But we're not focused on those things. What are we focused on? We want to get into the Word and go deep so that it can change our lives. Because I can't take the smoke machine with me on Monday. And walk around with it. Like, you know, I'm needing some excitement. Where's my glitter ball? Glitter ball, smoke machine. And I'm experiencing, you know, God in the week. No, no, no. You, you got, yeah, it's much more impactful to know that God's with you. Amen? 
You know, I went to a church when I was at Bible school in the States. I think it was 30,000 members. And I went there to just experience and learn and whatever. I, I did the lights, spotlights. So I climbed up to the top of the dome every week. And I sat in this, like, harness hanging from the ceiling. And I had the spotlight and I was following the pastor. Now, it's probably about 10 stories, no, 20 stories high. And I was doing that. That was my job. Okay, I was doing that. I wasn't paid, I was volunteered. And I was just there because I wanted to learn the ins and outs of how they did church and stuff like this. And the thing is, is like there was a lot of things that happened in that whole service because they've got the ability, the money to be able to do it and create an experience so that people are mostly, that their aim was ministry. But in a lot of situations like that, the aim is entertainment. So you keep coming back. I have all the entertainment we can offer you. <laughs> and I know that that's enough. <laughs> but the point is, is you didn't come for entertainment. You came because you wanted some word so you can grow. And if you grow, then you don't need me Because then you can go out and minister and live a life where you're strong. That's the aim. Okay? So, amen. We, we, we want to not just say we're children of God, but we want to live like it by doing the same works that He did and even greater works than these. You know, God desires to express Himself through us in word and in deed. Look at 2 Corinthians 5 verse 20. So, we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making His appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Now think about it. God is making His appeal through us. How would God appeal to the world? Think about it for a moment. The answer that we should all have is whatever Jesus looks like and whatever Jesus did. Because Jesus was how God made an appeal to the world. That's why we should be able to do the same works as Jesus did in greater works. We should share His message the same way that, 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 uh, uh, that He would. In love with power. You have a need? Let's minister. You have a need? Let's, let, 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 let's deal with that. Amen? So, so very quickly in, in, in closing off, what is the purpose of us then gathering? What is the pur purpose of us then in, in gathering then? It, this is, like I said, an equipping. This is for us to be able to, to, to partake in the Spirit together. So if you come and you need encouragement, you should walk out encouraged from the general atmosphere, from the Word, or from someone specifically. And if you're like, you know what, I, I need a touch from God, I need a word from God or whatever, and I didn't get it through the message or the worship or the person, then you come up and you ask for it and we can pray for you. Okay? But the service as a whole, here's the thing, the service as a whole is only as good as we are. I'm not talking about good boy and bad girl, I'm not talking about like that kind of good. But the service experience is only ever going to be as good as you are and I am. Because we don't have a glitter ball. Someone's going to bring one now, watch. So, <laughs> but the point is, is that, 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 that you know, we, it's, all on, it's on all of us. It's up to us to partake. We've all got the Spirit of God, streams of living water within us. So we need to stir that up and release it. We need to step into it. Okay? You know, I, I, I pray... And I trust God. I'm like, God, I want to have the words and I want to flow and I want this and I want that. And You know, by the time we get here and we set up and then we're leading worship and we're doing this and we're doing that, like when it comes to wanting to flow in that, I'm like, I'm like, I can't think there <laughs> sometimes. So it's like, that's maybe why I'm not flowing enough. I'm just being honest, like flowing enough in the gifts of the Spirit in a service is because we're busy with so many other practical things. And so it's like we've committed to a pray in the week and, and, and Lucas and I have spoken about this as well and just like praying for the service and, and pressing in there so that when we come here, we're more fresh and ready for it than we are not. With all the, uh, burdened with all the practical things of, uh, uh, that have to get done. But it's like we, we can all come ready, ready to step in, ready to go for it. But, you know, when it comes to worship, I just want to mention something on this as well. It's like I'm leaving worship now for the end as much as we can because it's a case of wanting to respond to God and even experience more of Him in the worship time. 
Because worship isn't just about sing-song. Okay? You might, we might sing a song that you don't like. It's not about the, the, do you like the songs or don't you? It's like, did Jesus enjoy your worship? <laughs> Amen? It, it's not about us and the, the sound. It's about, like, did it bless his heart? You might just say yes, because you think everything blesses his heart. There's some things which don't bless his heart, I'm sure. Okay? <laughs> yeah, when we, 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 it's not just about the songs or the words, it's about our hearts expressing itself to God. Allowing our hearts to feel truth. Have you felt truth before? Like this is a live wire, it's attached to a generator, it's, it's on. I felt that truth going into the top of my head. Amen? Have you felt like the stove is hot? It's a truth and you touch it and you're like, wow, this truth is amazing. <laughs> what happens with truth that, that's, that's impactful? <laughs> what happens? You feel it. Right? When someone loves you and you discover that truth, you feel it or maybe based on the person you don't feel it <laughs> and you're dealing with that. Okay? So, you know, it depends on the, 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 the situation. But the point is, is that we need to allow our hearts to experience and feel the truth that we're learning. And then we need to allow ourselves to express that truth. Okay? Sing song is a time for us to be able to express our emotions in worship to God, connect our hearts to Him. Even if you don't know the song, you switch off and you're just focused on Him and you're like, wow, Jesus... Uh, you know, one of the most impactful times of worship I can remember in my mind was when I wasn't singing any songs. I went to church and I was just focused. I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to thank God during worship today. I'm not going to sing the songs. I'm just going to thank Him for everything I can think to thank Him. And I stood there and I was like, thank you God for this. Thank you God for that. Thank you God this. And you're, you're my best friend and you're my father. And thank you for this, that you never leave me. And for the whole time of worship, an hour or so, I just thanked Him. You know, when I got to about half an hour of pushing through that, I started just crying. Like, thank you, God, you're just amazing, and this and that. And I was just enjoying God and having a great experience with Him. And I didn't even know what they sang that day. Because it's not about the songs. Okay? It's about my heart feeling the truth and then expressing it. So there's three different types of Christians here in worship. Okay? You get to decide which one you are. Obviously, there might be non-Christians here, and you can come and we'll pray with you, and you can be a Christian. But for the, the, the rest of us, there's those that are connecting with the heart of God in sing-song in sing -song time, and we're expressing ourselves freely in worship. That's the first category. Okay? We're connecting to the heart of God. We're expressing ourselves freely in worship. Then there's those that are disconnected and disengaged. It's just like, I wonder when this is going to end. You know, like that, the disconnected, disengaged. You didn't think about God, maybe, except God, when will they stop? Then there's the third uh, uh, category of Christian here, which is those who are connecting with God's heart in worship, but you're bottled up. You don't want to allow yourself to express it on the outside, what's happening on the inside. It's called quenching the spirit. And so it's like, you just feel like, oh, I want to raise my hands, but you don't because... I've never done that before and someone will see me. Or you, you, whatever it is, you just don't want to express what's on the inside. I'm trying to say, I want to invite you to express what's on the inside. Even if it's just a, it's fine. I don't care. I'm not looking for us all to be shouting and stuff. But if you want to do that, just don't be too disruptive. And if someone does that, then don't worry about them. Pray for them. The point I'm trying to make is worship is allowed to be emotional because we're connecting with someone who's real. Okay, you're allowed to be emotional in worship. We're not emotionally driven. Some worship is emotionally driven. They plan it so that it builds up the music to a place where you're just like, what a burst, because you're just like feeling the emotion of the, the music. We're not doing that. We don't have the, 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 the church I was telling you about, the lights would change with the song, the color, so that the color would obviously affect your mood in worship, and it would just kind of like build you up to that place where you're just like, you know, you're popping in, inside. That's nice, but you can do that without that. 
Let me, let me put it like this. If you don't feel what you believe, you have to ask yourself, do you truly feel it? Believe it, I mean. If you don't feel what you believe, do you really believe it? And are you maybe believing something that's not right? So you've got to believe and feel what you believe. God is good. I feel that. I feel that. God is good. God is faithful. God is love. God loves me. I should feel that. I should feel that God loves me. Just not, not just something uh, 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 in my mind because, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's emotions are given by God. Amen? So when we read the Bible, we see someone like David who's dancing with passion. You know, there's, there, it's an emotional experience. You know, worship is so much more than a song. It's a lifestyle. We've mentioned that many times. It's a, a life of surrender. It's, but it's also overflow in my heart in a time of corporate singing, of worshiping together. Where now I'm just letting it go. And I'm like, wow, Lord, I love you. Not because it blesses the pastor or it blesses the person sitting next to you, but you're just connecting with God and allowing Him to speak to you so that we can also then just minister to one another. It's action in body. Action in body. Okay, we see in the Bible, very dignified people being undignified, like David dancing in his underwear. Or Abraham, he meets God and he falls down on his face. You know, Israel makes a sacrifice to God. God accepts it. What does Israel do in response? They fall on their faces and they shout with joy. Okay? Yeah, most great men in the Bible, men of God, were prostrate, fall, fell on the floor, face down before God. I like this verse. Jeremiah 23 verse 9. Mine heart within me is broken because of the prophets. All my bones shake. I am like a drunken man and like a man whom wine has overcome because of the Lord and because of the words of His holiness. So because of the Lord and because of His word, my bones shake. What happens if your bones shake? You shake. Imagine. Like, so it's coming into contact with responding to God and it's like it's resulting in something okay then it's like I was like a drunken man you know you look at Acts chapter 2 the apostles uh, and the believers on the day of Pentecost and they get filled with the spirit and then what that people are looking at them and going they're just drunk and then Peter responds and says they're not drunk they're just filled with the spirit we want people to, to when you're walking out to go, wow, what were they doing in there? When last did someone look at you after you were praying and they were like, are you drunk? It's not saying that we should try and do that, but I'm saying that we should allow ourselves to feel what we believe. Because if God is good, we should tell our faces. If Jesus is the best thing that's ever happened to us, we should look like that. <laughs> Otherwise, has Jesus really happened to you? Because maybe He hasn't yet, and then we can pray with you. Amen? So, the whole point of, of what I'm saying is that there's spiritual abilities, number one, because of identity that we want to experience in here and out there. But then there's also in here something that can encourage us. The Spirit wants to move when we move. And we want to enjoy God and worship and receive from Him so that we can flow in the Spirit and just encourage. So we're going to close off just with one song. One song. And during that song, just connect with God. Just enjoy Him. Don't, you don't have to enjoy the song if you don't like the song. Just enjoy Him. And then, you know, uh, 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 if you feel something after a while, we'll invite you. And, and you can come and just share it. And, 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 and if we'll just have a short time of ministry. We won't go too much longer. But just let's just connect with God and see what happens. Because there's definitely people here who would need some encouragement. Or would need some kind of operation of the gifts of the Spirit. Amen? So let's stand up together. Father, I want to thank you. That right now we can just be expectant. As we spend this... Uh, next few moments with you. If you're ever in the Cape Town area, we want to invite you to come fellowship with us at one of our life groups or Sunday gatherings. You can find out more about Grace Life Rondebosch by email at 
info at gracelife.co or check us out on our Facebook page, Grace Life Rondebosch.